What's up, everybody? Dante here. Welcome to the Finest Tech Podcast. I am your host, Dante. And I want to thank you guys for joining me for this episode. Hopefully, I got a good episode for y'all up here coming. But um, I want to start with the latest with this COVID-19 coronavirus. And I, I did a video. I uploaded a video on YouTube basically stating, like, we need to take this seriously. Like, this ain't a joke. This ain't no game. I don't know why people think this is a hoax, any of that, because it's real out here. One of the reasons why I want to mention this is because... A couple of people close to me within my family, you know, have come down, have been tested positive for it. I remember recently I stated that my stepmother has been, you know, having a bad time, whether she's in the hospital. She's been in there for about two weeks now. I'm hearing mixed things. They're saying she's doing better. They're saying she's getting right. Then I'm hearing they had to cut her throat open to, you know, put a, a ventilator down her throat. Then I'm hearing that. She may not make it. I'm hearing all kinds of stuff. So I'm going to hope and pray like she makes it through this. Um, Then my mother called me a couple days ago telling me basically my brother-in-law, he's been diagnosed with it, which he got two young kids at the house and my sister, you know, I'm more worried about them, making sure none of them test positive for us. So I'm a little worried about them and all, hoping everything goes well in that situation. My sister's a nurse, so she kind of knows the things, the process, the needs she has to do to prevent everybody else in the house in the house within getting it. And one of the things that also like really got me about that situation was that my brother-in-law works for the mental health. He works for the mentally mentally ill. And they had him coming to work after he got tested. So they still had him coming to work before he got his results back, which I didn't understand. So once he got tested, he should have been at home. Then if he tasted negative, he can come back to work. But no, y'all had him still coming to work, even though he didn't have his results back. And then when he came back positive, so now you got to test maybe half of the facility to see who came in contact with, who was around, or who was around him that made contact. You know, all that stuff that asymptomatic people who have it that can pass it on and they don't have no symptoms at all. You, you got to think about these things. Like people are all worrying about getting these jobs done, but you got to think about it. We got to be worrying about the people itself man we got to work make sure everybody comes out of this thing healthy at the end there's a lot of lives lost they said that the total count of people that lost their lives to this is 14,000 close to 15,000 people and that's crazy like this is the real deal this ain't no joke this ain't no game like people I don't understand how people can take this as a joke and then the mother of my kids texted me a couple of days ago says she was tested positive but she's one of those people that's asymptomatic she has no symptoms, none whatsoever, but she can pass it along to you with no problem at all. And that's what I'm saying. Like, there's people like that out here and you having them coming to work if they're essential staff working, being around people who make and contract it with no problem and like have the worst outcome of it. Because a lot of people, you know, they say if you have borderline health issues, diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, all those type of borderline conditions, that you're at risk that once you catch this virus, it may not go well for you. Like, some people can beat the odds, but it's just still, why take that chance? Why have somebody come into work that you tested, didn't get his results back yet, but you're not sure, and you're going to have him around all these people knowing that he can come and infect half your staff because you want to keep him there because you need this job to get done, and you ain't even worrying about the people's well-being? I got a problem with that. But, you know... Let's change gears and just go to, you know, some positive. Well, I wouldn't say positive, but, you know, something I thought was real interesting. And I've seen that. Let's go and get to the topic number one. One that kind of struck me as a little shocker. But, you know, there's something to talk about that Samsung will be stop making LCD displays. They will be switching to QD, which is quantum dot displays or OLED. You know, I don't think they have an OLED on the market. That's what kind of shocked me that they switching completely away from LCDs by the end of this year. They will be shutting down the LCD business and be switching from QD and OLED. And everybody, I've I've still haven't gotten an OLED screen TV, but everybody says like they gave you the perfect blacks, deeper blacks, all that stuff, the accurate colors like the color spectrum for these TVs are like some of the best in the business right now. Like they, they, they're the best displays you can find on the market. So to hear Samsung completely just ditch 
LCDs is a little bit of a shock because they was making those what's those those QLED TVs. You know, everybody when you go to Best Buy, they try to sell you those. I don't know if they get a, a big commission check off the Samsung TVs, but they always try to stay toward towards the Samsung TVs. I always noticed that. Like when I was talking to one of the guys, I told him I wanted to get the OLED, and it was either Sam, not Samsung, Sony or LG, because LG makes panels for Sony, so it'd be pretty much, pretty much an LG TV. But a lot of people say the processing in the Sony TVs are more cinematic. So if you're a big movie buff or a TV guy, and you like you want that cinematic look on your shows and TV movies and all that other stuff, that TV is like the best. But LG has a brighter display with you know pretty much the same accurate colors as far as the Sony. You know, to each his own, which one you want to go with. But I still haven't decided which one I would like to go with, Sony or LG. But I will get one eventually because I'm going to wait to see what these next-gen consoles come out with because they're supposed to support HDMI 2.1 and variable refresh rate. So I want to see, you know, if I can run a game at 120 frames per second and 120 hertz, all that other stuff. So I want to wait and see. I'm going to wait and see approach with that. But now to hear that Samsung has done ditched, you know, LCDs and going to OLEDs. So Sony make OLED, Samsung will eventually make OLEDs, LG. Who else is left out there? You know, you know, Dynex and Insignia are the best buy brands, so we don't know about those. Um, I guess pretty much OLEDs are going to be the standard panel in about five years, and that's all you're going to be able to get which I don't have a problem with, which I will be getting eventually. Like I said, I'm going to wait and see what the next-gen consoles look like and how that all plays out as far as, you know, like I said, the, a variable refresh rate is gaming. I just want to see that, you know. Guys who've been playing PC games for years have been doing this for the longest, so they all they know all about variable refresh rates, high-end monitors, you know, all that stuff as far as gaming on PC, but actual console games on big-screen TVs. Want to see how that plays out by the end of this year. That's when, you know, the next-gen console is supposed to launch. But, you know, things have been hitting hitting the snag here as far as the economy and production of products and all this other stuff. Which leads me into the next product I want to talk about is Sony. I read a story about Sony having issues with the production of the PS5. Now, I don't know exactly. Like I said, these are rumors. Don't take this as a quote. This is not a quote at all. This is just something I've noticed and seen across the Internet about the PS5 having production problems and issues as far as, you know, I guess manufacturing, you know, limited because, you know, factories have been closed down, shut down. If you're not essential staff, like production has just slowed down as far as products, you know, TV production, console production, like manufacturing phones. That had slowed down dude like even Apple had to shut down, like slow down their projections of the sales of their iPhone that's supposed to be coming out this year due to China shutting down their factories for a few months due to, you know, all uh production shutdowns due to the coronavirus and COVID out um COVID nineteen outbreak over there in China. What's that? Wuhan? That's where it all started and then they shut the, down the whole country for the, almost two and a half months. So everything kind of slowed down as far as, you know, manufacturing products. So the story basically says that Sony is having overheating issues currently with the PS5, which is shocking because they just released a photo of the PS5 controller, which I'm a little shocked that Sony went with the color palette that they went. It's a black and white controller. You know, Sony has always been jet black, always. So for this, I'm like, Curious now to see what the actual console looks like. To see the controller, the controller looks, you know, a little different as far as the DualShock controllers. This is called the DualSense controller, where it still has a light strip, but it's like right behind a little touchpad now, where it kind of lights in the edges. And, you know, they still got the analog stick next to each other. I kind of prefer the Xbox controller as far as the uh, offset ones. I kind of prefer that one a little bit better than the DualShock uh, analog sticks next to each other. That's just me. Over time, I just felt the Xbox controller feels a little bit better in my hands. But to see this white color makes me really curious about how the system's going to look and, like, the color layout now. So it looked like it's going to be, like, a black, white, and blue layout. So I probably have, like, a blue strip of a light or something. The white top would be... Well, I don't know. I'm just 
speculating here, but I'm just saying like Sony's having issues with overheating. Which come to that's come to me is like, is this going to be an issue when the the launch, the the system in, I'm saying November. I'm gonna say right after Thanksgiving, that's when a new system launch or before Thanksgiving, because that's when some people believe that's when the holiday season starts. So that's what I'm looking at. For me, I'm like, okay, if they having these issues now, maybe they can settle this before it launches. But is this a production going to have a issue when it comes to the price now? Is it going to be a slightly higher because of the issues, and they have to go back and manufacture new whatever? is causing this overheating problem. So they got to go put new chipsets in or change graphic cards or change the, um, uh, like the thermal heating layout or something or whatever it's going to be. Is this going to cause the price to go up on the PS5 because of the production and overheating problems that they're having? I'm just going to have to wait and see. Like I said, right now, it's just rumors that it's having heating issues. Should it be solved for the final launch of the system? We have to wait and see. But like I said, they just released a picture of the controller, which means is it any issues or that's just, you know, people bad mouthing it and, you know, trying to make it seem like it's going to be a terrible launch when like Sony's just like, let them be, let them have a moment. Let they had it. Let they movie play, as I like to say. So then when it's time to launch, they launch them with 10 million consoles at launch, you know. So that's why we're just going to have to wait and see if this is really an issue or this is just people trying to bash it so they have a terrible launch and trying to halt themselves. But, you know, Sony's has been the console king for the past, what, four or five generations. So, like, Sony knows what they're doing. They just make a console for gamers and release games and try to make the best games they can put out. That's one thing Microsoft needs to learn. You can't keep shortchanging your customers and uh, your fan base by just simply putting the system out there and just hope they're going to buy it anyway because of the name. No, Sony has a loyal fan base because of they always put out a good product. Like, I remember when the Xbox first launched. Xbox was hand down a more powerful system. And you see it in some of the games. Some of the games would just look way better, play better, render better, all that. PlayStation 2 just had the better library. That's all that matters at the end of the day. All we want is good games to play. We don't care. I mean, the the true tech guys care about specs, but all we want, for real, for real, in the end, is good games to play. That's it. When you got a good library, we can choose from multiple games of great games of, like, like the PS5 had Event Horizon. Was it Horizon Dawn? I say Event Horizon. Horizon Dawn, God of War, the Uncharted series. Uh, I forgot this one game where he was hunting werewolves and all that stuff. I forgot. Oh, the um, the Order 1884, I believe it was. You know, they got the Final Fantasy VII remake. You know, I've never played that one back when the original PlayStation, but that's going to be fire. You had, like, multi-platform games like Red Dead Redemption, Grand Theft Auto V, which was you know, an enhanced version of the previous version on the PS3 and P- Xbox 360. But when you got games like that to play, that's all we want. We just want good games to play. And we want the exclusives. Like, if we got to get an Xbox, we want games that we can exclusively get on that system and we can play them games that's only on that. That's fire. That's all we want. That's why Sony has always been winning. They got the exclusive titles that people want to play that look good and just play good. You know, we don't want... Yeah, oh yeah, Call of Duty. Okay, that's fine. That's multi-platform. But what you what you got on your system that's going to make me come get this one that I can only get here? And Microsoft, this generation, did not do that. Like, they still got Gears and Halo. Okay, that's fine. You're riding them franchises out. I get it. What happened to the Ninja Gaiden? Did they even do one this generation? I don't think so. I don't even think they did a Ninja Gaiden game. Well, you know, anything. Like, even... Hold on. One of my favorite games from the previous generation was Splinter Cell. They didn't even do one of those. That was like a, it was multi-platform, but it was mostly like an Xbox game. They really focused on making the Xbox version the best version. They didn't do that. Like, so we're going to have to wait and see what this next generation is going to look like. Because right now I'm impressed. You know, you always say, how can it get better than this? Obviously they always do. 
But now I want to talk about a couple uploads I did on YouTube. Um, I recently uploaded, you know, my first impressions of the MacBook Air 2020, you know, with a new keyboard, you know, thinner black bezels, retina display, you know, the new dongle life computer that they came out with. And I'm a little excited because that computer is not that bad. Like, I don't expect it to be a powerhouse. I didn't buy it to be a desktop replacement. I bought it to be, like, basically edit the podcast on it, watch some YouTube, Netflix, you know, internet browsing, email, take notes, write a script for whatever I'm doing, you know, that type of stuff. I didn't buy a MacBook Air to replace my desktop. I just, my that wasn't my thought process when I got it. I wanted something light, something light, light and weight where I can just take it, go on the road with it, edit the podcast or go to somebody's house, interview them, you know, whatever, whatever the situation may be. I just can just go from one place to another, having a light computer on me and just man, just use it for what I needed to do. Little photo editing from time to time, just a little, nothing crazy. Like I'm not going to edit 4K video. Now, if I'm limited to that, all right, I have to do what I have to do. It's going to be a headache and it's going to be a pain, but I'll that'll be my last resort. That's why I was hoping that they came out with this 14-inch MacBook Pro. I was really interested in getting that. This way I can have a light computer with a 14-inch screen with a little bit of power to, where I can maintain doing a couple of video edits here and there, edit the podcast, you know, all those type of things. Like I didn't, like I said, I'm not buying a 13-inch computer to replace my desktop. I just need something portable so when I'm on the road and I got to interview somebody or somebody want to be a part of the show but they can't come to me, I got to come to them. Those things where I can have a computer, edit it right there, work on things, all those type of stuff. Like, I'm not, I don't understand how people be trying to replace a whole desktop with a 13-inch laptop. I give you credit for trying, but it, it like, Working from a desktop to a laptop, you see the difference as far as performance when it comes to editing 4K video. And that's why I was going on like on that point where I'm just not doing that. I'm going to sit there and just when I when I board it, that's what my whole intentions were to make it, you know, what it's meant for, in my opinion. Lightweight work, email, Internet browse, little YouTube, Netflix, Disney Plus, edit my podcast. You know, that's not real heavy, intensive work. Photo editing can be a little high intensive work from time to time, depending on, you know, the graphics and stuff I'm doing with a photo. But like I said, lightweight, nothing crazy. Like I'm not editing a 10 minute, 15 minute video in 4K with color corrections, overlays, graphics, all that other stuff on this. I'm just not doing it. I'm, I've, I've, I've been through it. I don't edit video on laptops anymore. It's a headache. It is. That's just for me. And it's a pain. <laughs> that's all I could say I recently um, also was thinking about getting the MacBook Pro 16 inch but I'm still on the fence about that like I don't know if I want to invest that much money in a laptop I'm still learning Mac OS and I'm not I'm not ready to learn Final Cut Pro yet I'm just not ready I want to take my time actually I can actually use it on my little MacBook Air and just kind of get my feel for it, see if I like it, get my feet wet. Because like, I'm still learning DaVinci Resolve. I just started learning that a couple, like a month ago. I recently started playing with that. And, you know, everything is a learning curve once you start playing with it. You know, you got to get your feet wet. So I'm still learning that. And I'm going on trying other things, just trying to be well-rounded in everything when it comes to technology, software, so if somebody asks me for an opinion about something, I can kind of give my honest opinion. I'm trying to give some fake, you know, info just to try to make it seem like I know what I'm talking about when I don't. I'm, I'm not trying to do that. So what I've been trying to do is just learn everything that I can, be well-rounded. So when somebody asks me a question, I can give them a general honest answer about it. Another video I uploaded on YouTube was, like I said, my video for, you know, taking this serious this coronavirus this is a real deal and i also did a review video on the power beats high performance wireless headphones also known as power beats 4 one of the things i mentioned about those headphones is that to me when people like always people always told me that beats headphones were very he bass heavy when it came to 
music. The bass always overpowered everything else, the highs and mids, even some of the lyrics and some of the songs. With these earbuds, that's not the issue with me. That That's not the problem. They are very flat as far as the bass line is made. Like, it's a bass line, isn't it? But it's not as overpowering as people said they are, so that for me, they're not that bad. One of the issues that I have with the headphones is just the headphones itself. Like, if I wear them for too long, they start to hurt my ear. Like, my eardrums start to hurt. Because it's like that design just, once it's in my ear and you let it sit in there for like a half hour, my ears are starting to hurt and I just got to take them out. I prefer these over the actual Powerbeats Pro because of the fact that they have a wire in between them. You could just take them out here and let them hang off your neck. And that's perfect for me because I... Like I said, after a while, I get tired of wearing them because they start hurting my ear. So that for those headphones, those are perfect. They sound just like the Poppies Pro, in my opinion. I don't, as far as the sound quality, it's no big difference. I don't hear a difference in either one of them. Like I said, it's just the Powerbeats Pro are like true wireless headphones, which one, each going in your ear with no wire hang, connecting them together. With a Powerbeats 4, there's a wire that connects to both of them, but they're wireless somewhat. But like I said, once you take them out your ear, you can let them hang around your ear. Now, with the other ones, you got to kind of keep them in your ear or you're going to put them in your pocket. You may forget they're in your pocket, lean up against something, crack them, damage them, lose them, like fall out your pocket, any of those type of things. So that's when it comes down to the difference between those two. Did that review. Like I said, I recommend them, especially at the price point that they're actually priced at. They're only 150 bucks. That's sweet as far as some wireless headphones that... Great for workouts, running. They don't fall out your ear. Only issue that I have with them that some other people may have. Sometimes the string, like when you're sweating, like it'll get stuck to your neck. And when you go to turn, sometimes they'll pull and snag on one of the headphones, depending on, you know, which one, which way you turn. And they can kind of almost come out, but they won't. But that's the issue I have with that one because I have the Jaybird X3s, I believe they are. That was one of the issues, like, sometimes when I turn to make sure ain't no cars coming while I'm running, I would see the fact that when I did that sometimes, the left ear will always slightly come out. And those were, like, true earbuds that got in your ear and all that other stuff. But I kept having that issue when it came to those headphones. I stopped using those. Like, once I got the Pop Beach Bros, I just used those for all my workouts. I'm not, a, like, the AirPods. Like, if I'm on like a hospital trip and I'm with somebody, I would use those because they like going my air. They don't really hurt. They get this. I get a little discomfort after a while because they just, you know, all the heat from the body gets in, makes the AirPods a little moist and like earwax and stuff start to get in between them and all that. And if you know, if you have AirPods, you know exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to airwax and the heat and that kind of builds up all them around them. But those are perfect for that. Like, I don't use those for workouts. I never will. I even got the AirPods Pro. They don't stay in my ear. Don't like those as much. So, for me, they just, if you want to listen to music or you're using the MacBook Air and you want some headphones that you can just connect with no problem, those are perfect for that. So, overall, those are the two uploads I got. Go check them out on my YouTube channel. Hopefully, you like them. Now, I want to switch things and kind of change things up and Switch to something where I'm I'm passionate about and have a bit I'm a big fan of, which is movies. I've always been a fan of movies, you know, cinema, thrillers, dramas, action, all those type. Even horror. Like I'm a big fan of all this stuff. So one of the things I wanted to talk about now that the fact that digital media is taking over. You know, all everything streaming. You know, downloads, rentals that you know you can get within a matter of months after a movie releases. One thing I've, it was a, t- a article about um, Disney is sending Artemis Fowl to Disney Plus. They're not even putting that in theaters. So obviously they feel like that movie's not going to make them any money. And it was a risk they took, but, you know, they're not going to see a, fi- a financial, you know, gain from it. Since, you know, the movie theaters are shut down at this time due to, you know, the coronavirus. And they be- some believe that the movie theaters will open back up in June which is very optimistic because I believe the governor of Pennsylvania said he wants the state to be shut down until the end of June. So we're going to have to wait and see when it comes to 
what's actually going to happen as far as, you know, open the country back up. Now, I collect 4K movies, but not all of them. Basically, you know, the big action flicks, you know, the bad boys, the Marvel movies, some of the DC movies, uh, you know, movies like Ready Player One and what was the other one, you know, like one drama I saw was Widows, you know, that was a good movie, you know, all those type of things. Like, but if I can get to those movies on like a subscription base where I pay a monthly fee every month and I get all the latest and greatest movies released, I would do that. Like, if I can get, like, all my movies I want to watch and, like, a subscription base, like a Netflix style, but it's only movies. Like, the movie's out in theaters for about two to three months, and then it comes to the subscription base where, like, and I ain't talking about certain studios. I'm talking about all the movies that released in the movie theaters come to the subscription service, and you can get them for a monthly service as far as, like, maybe $9.99 a month. And, like, the movie be in a theater for about three months, then after that is on that service. Like, I want something like that. Like, I don't mind Netflix and their exclusive original shows, Disney Plus, you know, with all the Marvel and Pixar stuff I'm a big fan of. But just imagine if I can get all that in one place as far as, you know, the movies. Like, I just want to go to one streaming service and get all my movies. I understand it's all about business with different companies making their own streaming service as far as HBO Max. I believe Peacock is the NBC one, Disney Plus, um, Netflix, Hulu, which Hulu actually is owned by Disney now. But, you know, all these streaming services where if you have a bunch of them, that's almost like paying a cable service. You know, that's what I mean. Like if I can get like a movie subscription where I can get all the movies I want from one place. Yeah, I would do that. But without a doubt, because, you know, physical media is pretty much gone. Do Do they even sell CDs anymore? I don't even remember the last time I actually seen a CD in a store. I see DVDs still. You know, DVDs is slowly going to the death of, you know, the cliff. But as far as overall, like, sales, you know, DVD sales have been down for the last few years. Only, only like I said, only a handful of people that still buy physical media. Like I said, I do because physical media still has the best sound quality when it comes to surround sound movie experience now when i play movies through my xbox one x they have a great sound signature as far as surround sound but it's still digital but compared to the physical disc the physical disc still sounds better overall because it just has that that soundtrack within that disc that allows it to have a fully immersed sound when it comes to surround sound i say in a few years maybe digital get there but right now it's just not there when you can hear the difference like the difference between the two and for me like i'm a big surround sound guy i've been listening to surround sound for the past 15 years so i know surround sound when i hear it i've been playing games in surround sound movies in surround sound so like all i know is surround sound so i know the difference between the two i can hear it so when people tell me like how can you tell the difference like i've been listening to it for years so my ears is attuned to knowing the difference between the two because didney had released onward onto their streaming service when did the movie come out march i want to say six or something like that march 8th or something like that and you know due to the coronavirus outbreak you know they had to shut down the theaters but the movie came out the movie didn't do as well as they thought because you know a lot of people just you know they tried to maintain some type of normalcy where if you went to the movie theaters you had to sit 10 feet apart you know they will only sell so many tickets per show. So so many people want to sit next to each other. And then they eventually close the theaters. So Disney released Onward on Disney Plus April 3rd this past week. And it's a good movie, but very depressing too. But it's a very overall, it's a good movie. And that made me think like that only took a month to come on the streaming service. So obviously it don't take y'all that long to get these movies out there. It's just y'all have these contract or these obligations that you got contractually that you have to do these things by, you know, you release the movie in theaters for three months. Then it goes to the digital rental and downloads, whatever, for a price point. 
Then after that, they go to your streaming services where you get all this revenue from all these streaming services that you lend the movie out to. But now, like, Disney has its own streaming service, so they don't, they're not putting it on Netflix anymore. All they're doing is putting it on Apple service where you can kind of rent or buy the movie, Voodoo, all these other services that you can buy or rent the movie. So when it comes down to it, the, the extra money that Disney was getting from letting Netflix use it for two years or who else would, or like the uh, TV services where you let the movie play on TV channels on certain channels and all that. When it comes down to, you know, getting that money from the TV, letting the movie play on TV's uh, channels. That goes to show you that like a lot of that money is going to be gone because they're not licensing that movie out anymore. So why do I have to wait almost six months for a movie that you can give me in three months? And that's pretty much over the matter of years. That's where it's going to be. It's going to be in the theaters for about three to four months. And then it's going to be on streaming services right after that. Because I don't really think they're going to be releasing. I say, like I said, I keep saying this, but I think DVDs will eventually go out the way. Like they're going to be going. Because when you come, when you think about it, who buys CDs? Who you know buys CDs? Please let me know that person. Leave me a comment right down below, whatever. Let me know who you know buy CDs, right? So when it comes to Blu-rays, 4K Blu-rays and all that other stuff, there's no need to because the thing is, like people were buying DVDs because Blu-ray was supposed to eliminate buying multiple discs, right? You're supposed to get a whole season on one disc. That never happened. Like you're supposed to get a seat, like a, a season of Homelands, it was supposed to be all on one disc. That didn't happen. You still got to buy like multiple discs, like three discs. And that's the whole thing. Like that was supposed to eliminate all that. But now what? You go on a streaming service, go on a website or whatever. You get the whole season right there. No disc. Like House of Cards. House of Cards was a Netflix show first and then it went to DVD. But anybody can get a Netflix subscription. Use that. The next thing you know, they all about watching it straight from the service. Why well, go to a store and buy a Blu-ray TV set where you can just watch that show right on Netflix? You know, that's what I mean. Like physical media is just almost gone. They got subscription services for music, Spotify, Tidal, uh, Google Play Music, uh, Apple Music. Depending on your uh, your personal preference. Like I have Spotify. Like for the longest period of time, Jay-Z was not on there. He was not on there. You cannot get his music unless you had Tidal or Apple Music. But now it's on Spotify. Why should I get Tidal? Why should I pay? Why should I spend twelve ninety nine when I can keep paying nine ninety nine? And that's what it's all coming down to. How much money are you willing to spend? And all these services and that's why I say if you have all these services it's like paying for a cable subscription almost and you don't even got the cable TV you just got a whole bunch of shows that come and go some movies stay some movies leave and now you got to worry about how you're going to get access to this show you like watching because this show done left and went to another place or you know went to another service like it's just too much right now and I feel I feel like they should make it more simple for everybody like I said they should just have a website or app where a monthly subscription gets you every movie that's ever been made every movie if I can get that I'm cool with that like cause I like I watch a lot of movies like TV shows are hit and miss when it comes to these services like Netflix has some good ones then they have some terrible ones that's what that's the thing about TV. It's kind of hit and miss from time to time. But movies are too. They hit and miss. But when you come to a movie, you know you're just getting that movie for two hours and that's that. A TV show, you might have one good season, then the next season be terrible. That's why, like TV shows, it's like hard to be continuously good if you keep changing writers and the writers just aren't on the same page. They keep trying to do something different and just can mess the whole show up. Now that I've gone about digital media basically you know taking over i want to talk about 
the next thing is the new iPad Pro came out a couple weeks ago. iPad 2020 with the uh, two cameras and a LiDAR scanner on the back. One thing I've been watching a bunch of reviews that people actually have it. They can't really fully do a review of that uh, keyboard because it don't come out until May. So a lot of people want to see if this actually feels like a laptop. Can it replace a laptop? Now, I find that hilariously funny, in my opinion. People are like, like, Don, why do you feel funny about this? Because Microsoft has been doing that for the past five years. Having these two-in-one laptops where, you know, it's a computer, but it's a tablet also where you can do certain things with it. Now, my Apple is doing this with the iPad and allowing you to use iOS as in form of a laptop, you know, have a touchpad, keyboard, and all this other stuff where it comes down to making you feel like you have a laptop. But it's still, like I said, overall, we have to wait and see how this actual keyboard holds up when it comes to, you know, the performance and sitting on your lap, the, organi- the overall layout of the iPad with this keyboard folio that, you know, feels like kind of like a laptop. Now, it sits two inches off the actual keyboard layout where the previous one was like right on top of it. So a lot of people didn't like it. I've always heard a lot of complaints with that one. But when it came down to feeling like a laptop, a lot of people didn't like it. So this keyboard case is supposed to make you feel like having a laptop. I find that funny because wasn't Apple saying like they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't, they don't think that's the future. And the future is this and that. And they're pretty much doing the same thing. They said that wasn't the future. Microsoft has been doing this for the past five years with the two-in-one laptops. And you also had the uh, Surface. Surface Book. Yeah, that was the one. The Surface Book. Where it folds up like a book, but you can detach it and use it as a tablet. And then if you want to get the uh, laptop experience, you just slatch it onto the uh, keyboard part. And it was fine. But now, everybody, I wouldn't say everybody, Apple's doing that now with the iPad. Now, I I don't think they'll ever make a laptop with a touchscreen. I think they're going to keep that experiment to the iPad. They're just going to use that as the touchscreen alternative laptop replacement if you want it. Like, they're not going to make a laptop that does that or a desktop that does that. They're just not. That's just, I don't think they're going to do that. I just think they're always going to use the, iPad's going to be the um the default as far as the alternative laptop slash tablet two-in-one alternative out there. They're not going to make a laptop that's two-in-one. But that's interesting because that was the whole argument. That when Microsoft did the Surface Book, that was the whole thing. Like, it can be done, it's just... And making it work on a regular everyday basis. Like a lot of people still, I don't know. I haven't had one, but I don't know too many people actually have a surface book where they said the hinge actually started getting flimsy after a while, started getting loose. I don't know anybody that actually have a surface book, so I can't really comment on that. But over watching all the videos, it's just, I just find it funny, you know, hilariously funny that all of a sudden now Apple is trying to say that the iPad is a computer like I said we're going to have to wait and see in May when a lot of people do their reviews of the keyboard case how it actually turns out and if it lives up to the whole replacing your laptop another thing I want to discuss today is that Sony and Microsoft have these gaming subscription services I believe Xbox is Xbox Game Pass and Sony's is, I forgot the name of it, but where you get these games on the subscription base where you can stream them and play them. That's another thing that you, you see that's slowly happening because I did, I think I read something online where statistically that a lot of people now are downloading their games instead of buying physical copies. Like, I had to download Resident Evil 3 due to the fact that I couldn't go to a GameStop and pick up my reserve. So what I did was I canceled it. They gave me a little gift card with the money that I had, sent it to me, and they get, and I, so I decided to download the game. The game was about 26, 27 gigabytes of internal storage. 
which ain't a lot compared to like Gears of War 4. Once they got the update for the 4K version, that game was 130 gigabytes, which is crazy as far as a game. Like, that's a lot of space for one single game. But, you know, all the layers and 4K playback and all all the sound. Yeah, I get it. But that's a lot for one game. So just imagine filling up your hard drive fast. That's why I think the next-gen console, in my opinion, should come with a 2 terabyte. Because a lot of people are going to start downloading games. And some of these games are going to be humongous as far as file size. It's like... I believe a next Grand Theft is going to become a next gen because they already did a Red Dead Redemption this generation. So I don't think they do. Have they done both? Yes, they have. They actually did do a Red Dead Redemption and a Grand Theft Auto during the Xbox 360 and PS3 cycle. But this one, they only did a Red Dead Redemption and they did um, Grand Theft Auto 5 like remastered for the new system so a lot of people didn't play it due to you know file sizes and you needed a, a bigger hard drive it was a lot but I believe in uh, Grand Theft Auto is coming next gen you know they want to wait for the new hardware so to see what technology advancement they have where they can whatever they plan on doing see if they can take the next step as far as enhancing their games now I can just imagine how big that game will be. So imagine next-gen consoles that may be playing games back in 4K and 8K, supposedly, and for variable refresh rates and all this stuff. The average game will cost, I wouldn't say cost, I'm sorry about that. It will, it will take up a file size of 60 gigs, just on average. Depending on if you have an open-world game, a single-based linear game where it's straight through, but... You know, like the world-based games where a lot of world-building, a lot of explore, exploration, those take up massive amount of games. But also, like Gears of War, a prime example. Gears of War 4 took up 134 gigabyte of storage on your hard drive. And that was linear-based game, but like all the detail and textures take up a lot of space as far as all that content that need to be put on the hard drive. That's a lot of software and content and like linear layers of that being on your hard drive and getting to play back within 4k and running at i believe it ran at 30 frames per second so imagine a game running at 120 frames per second 60 frames per second 90 frames per second changing that all these variable refresh rates and having this massive layers of textures that allow it to run at those frame rates at 4k I get maybe AK. The average game gonna cost like gonna cost you a bunch of hard drive space, like a hundred gigs maybe on regular. So digital downloads are it's simple and easy. Think about it. Oh man, that, that new game come out. I'll just download it. Wait till it finish download. Play it right here. You ain't gotta go to no store. And now that we're all in this country shutdown where a lot of states are shut down have a stay at home order what's that what's to do now but watch tv play games so if you can't buy a game at a store you're going to download it and that's what i'm saying physical media is just going out the window like it ain't going to be around here in a few more years so when it comes down to it you can just go on your system purchase a game download it for about well it may take about a couple hours depending on how fast your internet service is well, it might take a couple hours, then, but but if you pre-order the game a month in advance, you ain't got to worry about how fast it downloads. Because by the time you get when the game is released, you can just up and play it. You ain't got to wait and see for it to download. You can pre-order the game a month in advance. So when the game is released, you can just sit up and play. Simple and easy. Like, I still like buying physical media because I like to trade the games in towards something and get um, something cheaper at a store. And sometimes I like to go into a store. Like if I ain't get it, I ain't play a game. I can get the used copy for a price cut. Like I wanted to get uh, what was the game I was really looking forward to getting? I believe it's on PS3. Um, it's one of those games I forgot, and it was like thirty dollars. I didn't get it, but because I, sometimes I talk myself out of getting certain games because I be like, yeah, I may, I may not like it, but I don't want to spend my money on it, so. Like, if the game ain't going to have me interested within the first 10 minutes, I really 
lose interest in games now. Like my attention span is really short now. If it ain't a compelling story, a real narrative based story where it comes to, you know, plot like this. I like role playing type games where the decisions you make can, can change the outcome of your ending or overall story arc. I kind of like that. Like, like you're making critical choices that can change the outcome of the game. I like those within games. That's why I'm like more into that and like narrative based stuff where like RPGs like really are starting to catch my attention because the things you do dictate what's going to happen later on in the game. One of the interesting things about all this is that since the country is shut down and you can't go to the store, Sony has basically, I don't know what they did with this, but The Last of Us 2, they basically halted that game. I believe they did it because they want to hold it off for the PlayStation 5 release. That's just my opinion. You need somebody to purchase your game. You need a game that's going to pull people in and want to purchase that system. What better game is Last of Us 2? They just basically said that their game is on delay indefinitely. But Resident Evil 7 Remake is coming out. I've never played the original game, which I might play now that I see actually people playing it. It actually looks pretty compelling as far as a game... It looks fun, so I might just get that because I heard the game is, it varies compared to who you ask. Like, one person finished in 33 hours, one person finished in 43 hours. So I feel like I can get a nice chunk of time out of that, you know, hold me over for, I don't know, what's the next game? Because Last of Us, I was really looking forward to that since they postponed that due to you know i guess they want to sell physical copies of the game but i i'm confused i'm just curious about how's that work is the a difference between selling physical copies and digital copies because isn't that all revenue going towards you as far as the game purchases i don't know i guess it's a difference as far as you know you get more of a profit from physical disc from digital i don't know but I have nothing else to play. I finished Resident Evil 3. So um, I done, that game only took five hours to beat. Roughly, if you just like really run through it, you can might finish in three. But I, it took me five hours to finish. So I need something else to play. And Final Fantasy VII Remake is 40 plus hours a game. Shoot. That'll hold me over until whenever something else comes out. And that's only on PlayStation 4. I'm definitely thinking about getting that now. And guess what? I can download it. It might take a while, but since I can't go to the store and buy a physical copy of the disc, I can always download it. And that's what that's what that's the overall arc of my story is that eventually this is what it's going to be. It ain't going to be going to the store buying a physical copy. Now, you can go to the store buy like a card to buy the physical game if you don't want to use your credit or debit card. But when it comes down to it, this is what it's going to be in a matter of years. Physical media is gone. Like, the sales are down all over across the board. And we're going to come to a point where the only way you can get it or rent it digitally or buy it digitally. Or have a subscription service where you know it's going to go to that service eventually in a matter of months. That's all I can say. Like, if you look back, the signs are there. It's a slow burn, but it's going to happen. Like when CDs went, CDs kind of went slowly and you you forgot all about it because you got the subscription services. You got, you could, you at when Apple, Apple iTunes came out, you had, you know, you could just download the songs right onto your little iPod at the time. Or, you know, they had other services where you can kind of get free music all that stuff, like buying physical CDs was just gone. And DVDs is slowly going that way. Now, video games is slowly going that way. They said more people download it than buy physical discs anymore because it's convenient. You're making things more convenient for the consumer. Like now, this is a perfect example of making things convenient for the consumer in the situation that we're in as a country. Country shut down. Everything's closed. Only thing that's open is essential businesses. As far as, you know, supermarkets, hospitals, prisons, you know, the police, the firefighters, the all essential staff. Um, who else is essential staff? 
sanitation workers. But they slow down their uh, production hall. Be like, they picking up trash every other week now. That goes to show you even they getting hit by it. Um, here in Philadelphia, you have the transportation sector, which they slowed down, um, you know, services due to three of their um, their employees passed away from the COVID-19. So, like, it's a lot of stuff going on, and a lot of people have these stay-at-home orders, so they got to stay in the house. So when it comes down to it, all you have to do is just make things more convenient for your consumers. So you can download games on your systems, have subscription-based music services, have all, the, all these streaming services, Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, uh, HBO Now, which will be changing to HBO Max, I think, in a couple months. But we have to wait and see. But I want to say thank you guys for listening to this episode. Hope you enjoy. Get the word out because this is the only way this podcast can get podcast can be put out there. Put the word out, you know. Post pictures, post uh, podcasts, all that stuff. I want to thank you guys for listening in. Hope you enjoy. Tune in for more. You know, stay safe out there and realize that this virus is the real deal. And all I want to say is, stay safe, stay healthy. Social distancing. Was it six to ten feet? Whatever it is, do that. Wear your mask when you walk outside now because now they're talking about talking couldn't even transmit the virus. So stay safe, stay healthy. Keep think about your elderlies, you know, grandparents, elderlies, uh, you know, aunts, uncles, anybody who's up there in age, all that. Be considerate to them and just be like I said, stay safe, stay healthy. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.